Welcome and thanks for listening to this message from City Bridge Community Church. Our heart at City Bridge is to call all people to be fully devoted followers of Christ. To learn more about City Bridge and how you can take your next faithful step with Jesus, check us out online at citybridgechurch.org. Now, here's the message. So in our, our home, we have uh, been entering into the season of uh, teaching our kids about uh, just some of the principles of God. And, um, we, you know, you try to be good parents and try to, you know, teach your kids about God. And, and then sometimes your children, they, uh, they, they force questions upon you. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, and in this last season, um, they've been full of questions of faith. And, uh, and we're doing our best to try to help them understand. And um, so, you know, at dinner time. Uh, we, uh, we pray to uh, the Trinity where we're doing that. And, um, and, and Royal, from time to time, his favorite prayer is, uh, uh, we pray for God, we pray for Jesus, amen. And, uh, and I don't have the heart to tell him it's the other way around. Like we don't pray for God, but like, he's, he, like Jesus is interceding for us. But he's, he's seven, so we'll just give him, you know, give him a pass on that. But we're, we're talking about all kinds of things and uh, and the other other night, um, Royal and I were uh, we were getting ready for bed and laying in bed together, and and Royal said, "Daddy, uh, God made Rudy. Rudy's our dachshund, uh, our dog." And I said, I "said Yeah, buddy, God made Rudy." And he said, uh, "And God made Cleo, and Cleo's our Great Pyrenees, so you can imagine Great Pyrenees dachshund." And he said, "God made mommy," and I was like, "Yeah, buddy, He made mommy, and He made me." And I said, yes, Bubby, God made you. And he said, Daddy, God made our family. And I said, yeah, but he made our family. And if you know a little bit about our story, we, uh, we foster and adopted our two kiddos and, and, um, and God made our family. And um, as he has all of ours. And so we're like, you know, whether it's at bedtime or dinner time. Uh, we're working through these, you know, just learning and understanding about God. And as we were entering into this time and this season, Holy Week and Good Friday, I was thinking about, oh my goodness, how do I talk about um, the sufferings of Jesus um, with our kids? And we're trying to do that. And, uh, and as we've been helping them pursue these things of God, I feel like for me, I'm like rediscovering sort of the uniqueness and glory of some of these basic concepts of faith, and especially during this time, the death, burial, and resurrection um, of Jesus. And as I was uh, preparing for our time together, um, I kept thinking about so many of you, so many of us, our church family, and, and, and a lot of the hard things that many of us have been walking through in this most recent season. Uh, I know that folks in our church uh, have been wrestling with um, unexpected sickness or surgery, uh, grieving over the loss of a loved one or aching for friends or family members that are wandering from the Lord or, or they need salvation. And uh, I know there's a lot going on um, in our church family. There's a lot going on in my family. And, and it, as I was thinking about today and praying about today, I was like, I, man, I don't wanna be a preacher or anything like that. I, I, just, I just wanna hopefully encourage us and, and comfort us um, in a way that, that I need. I need too. 
And the best way I thought about that was um, to talk about how Jesus approached the cross with joy in mind. Um, and honestly, um, that's not something that you actually think about on Good Friday, right? I mean, Good Fridays are, are typically dark, uh, um, more sort of melancholy in nature. They're, they have a somber tone and with good reason uh, because we're considering the passion of Jesus, um, his death and his burial. And, and we sort of postpone the brightness of celebration for Resurrection Sunday. And so today is really reserved to meditate on the darkness of Jesus' suffering. So joy on Good Friday isn't something that I had really considered all that much. Um, but the more I thought about it, I have become fascinated with the joy that fastened Jesus to the cross and the target of salvation and redemption. And as I was praying for us and praying for you in our time, um, Hebrews 12, one through three came to mind and it says this, therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, for the joy set before him, key phrase there, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you will not grow weary in your soul and lose heart. Now, I, have, I mean, I've been absolutely struck to the core with that phrase, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. For the joy, for the, I mean, for the joy, like what joy? I mean, what could, what could possibly be joyful about enduring a cross? I mean, what a completely awful experience, horrific. I mean, even Jesus, like, um, we could understand. I mean, he asked for the cup of suffering to be removed from him. And if he knew that he was gonna suffer, why was joy mentioned about him? Like, how in the world could joy be in his heart or in his worldview? Like, how could joy be present in the most horrific moment in all of human history? So I started uh, just thinking about maybe reasons, like, okay, what would be the object of Jesus's joy? Like, what were some things that possibly he was thinking about that he had in mind and that brought joy to him? Well, I thought one, he would, he would soon be returning to the Father. Um, he would soon be conquering sin and death by his resurrection, right? He would complete the payment required of sin's debt in our name so that we could be right before God. He thought about union with his brothers and sisters for all of eternity, and then probably the completed task of obedience. God called him to this and he finished it. And all of those things, as I was thinking about all that, there was a common theme uh, that started to rise in my heart. And that theme was victory. Victory over death, victory over sin, victory over the great accuser, Satan, complete and utter victory. And, uh, and as I started looking at the theme of joy, it is what a, it's a beautiful picture. And because both in Old Testament and New Testament references, 
The idea of joy is closely linked to victory. I'm sure we could recall the great stories of Moses and Miriam leading the Hebrew people in song and celebration in response to God's victory over Pharaoh's army in Exodus 15, right? Or even when David defeated the Philistine, all of the women of the cities of Israel came out singing and dancing to meet King Saul. It was with joy that they did that and joy in response of victory, 1 Samuel 18. It was with joy in Luke 10 that the 70 returned to Jesus saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. They had experienced victory over evil and it brought them joy. And then many of us, I know, I probably remember the 99 and the one, right? Where the great shepherd left the 91 to find the one lost sheep. And the Lord said, he remarked that there would be more joy in heaven over one sinner that repented over 99 that didn't need repentance. And so this idea of joy and victory and winning victory over the evil one or seeing people's lives change. And I thought, okay, when I was in church growing back, we would go on mission trips and we would go to all these different places. My dad was in ministry, right? And so whether I wanted to, I was going on a mission trip, if you know what I'm saying. But it, we did, it was, I'm, so, I'm so thankful. And what we would do is uh, we would go out and do the work and then we would come back that night and we would have dinner and then we would tell stories like God did this and God did this and God did this. And what happened in the room? Joy. Like, I mean, I don't, have you ever, like what is the response that just instinctively happens in your heart when someone's life is changed? Right, joy. Whenever we have commencement, for regen or re-engage, like there is joy in the room because God is working. And these stories of changed lives are more than just stories, they're victories, right? And, and God has just built in us this instinctive response to respond to victory with joy. And then in Psalm 27, David affirms, the Lord is my light and my salvation. We just read, whom shall I fear? And now my head will be lifted up above my enemies around me and I will offer shouts of joy. This is why I think Jesus saw joy before him because he was about to accomplish the victory, right? He understood the purpose of it, the victory. I mean, he could see through to the completed task. Otherwise, there wouldn't have been victory over death if he had not completed it. Without suffering, Jesus couldn't have completed his task. And what God is teaching me right now is that God used Jesus' suffering to complete the work of redemption and all of creation. And he will use suffering in our lives to complete wonderful and beautiful things. If even for the moment, it feels like defeat. Um, for many years, I have uh, experienced sort of joy as like an emotional uh, response that was dependent basically on my circumstances. And um, but as I've been learning more, hopefully growing a little bit, um, uh, as I've been thinking about joy in the context of victory, I'm finding, learning, growing, that it's more of a deep resolution in my soul, joy is, that the victory has been won. And I have found 
that the more able I am to freely surrender to a circumstance with the confidence that God has already won the victory, no matter the earthly outcome, the more peace and joy I end up having. But if, if I'm not considering, key word there in that passage, right? If I'm not considering the victory of Christ in seasons in my life, guess what? I will always be dependent on that hard season passing before peace and joy can be, can, uh, can be enjoyed, right? This is me, y'all. Oh my goodness, like Target, right in the heart. Uh, shock to the heart, you're too late, little Bon Jovi. Um, I mean, this is, this, is like what's, this is what's happening to me in my life. And uh, you know, uh, just a few minutes ago, I mentioned about these sweet journeys that we're having with our kids and Royal and bedtime. And, um, but, uh, but I gotta tell you, uh, even on the journey of foster and adoption, uh, and, and even in our, our own lives, there have been hard days with uh, Emily um, and me. And even before our journey of foster and adoptive care, um, we were already walking uh, a journey of, of infertility, you know, not knowing um, if we would even be able to have kids of any kind. And, um, and they were challenging, challenging days. And, um, but the Lord allowed us to begin that journey of foster care and adoptive care. And, and I remember moments when we didn't know what tomorrow would bring. Um, we didn't know if, if, our, if the babies that we had been stewarding, if they would be ours forever, or if another provision um, would be made and, and we would uh, need to release them um, to the state. Um, we were in love. I mean, we were absolutely in love. And, um, and we couldn't imagine releasing them, but we were trying to hold our family uh, with open hands. We walked through hard days of special needs uh, where we uh, felt helpless in trying to help uh, them in their struggles, in our struggles. There was emotional and spiritual warfare that we didn't know how to explain. Um, uh, but we knew that the enemy was coming after our family and we were working hard um, to secure what God was doing in our lives. We were fighting for our kids. We were fighting for tomorrow. We were hanging in there in seasons that we really couldn't predict. And, uh, but then in July, 2018, um, Royal David Gentiles and Bethel Joy Gentiles were forever sealed as members of our family. Oh yeah, that's awesome. We love, yeah, absolutely. It's amazing. Um, we didn't know what day that would come though. We didn't, um, but we endured, or at least we tried to as best we could because we knew that joy was coming no matter the outcome. And even a few days ago, you know, we're talking about how God made our dogs. <laughs> and, and I'm thinking about those fighting days. I'm thinking about those enduring days and, uh, and even our current struggles that we have. And, and if you asked me if it was worth it, I'd be like, are you serious? Yes, of course. Of course it was worth it. It is worth it. Every day it's worth it. And for us, for the joy set before David and Emily and Royal and Bethel, by God's grace, we endured whatever came so that we could enjoy every stinking moment we have as a family right now. Has it been hard? Oh yeah. Will it be hard? Every morning we wake up at five, we get woken up at 5.30 and 6 a.m. in the morning. Sometimes it's hard, you know? 
by our kids. It's hard. Not that that's hard. But it's so worth it. And I just want to share with you. If you're in a season where it feels like uh, there is no joy set before you, I want you to know I have felt that too. Many, many times. I have felt that. It may not be exactly what you felt, but the fear, the anxiety that joy is not on the other side. Like, man, we have journeyed through that. And I just want you to know, I'm so sorry for whatever it is or whatever it was. But I can tell you, especially from my experience, and I know just the stories I'm looking at across this room, that if you're in that season, God has been with me, he's been with us, and he will be with you. Amen. He is with you right now. There's not like tomorrow, oh, if, when we get done with church, then God will be with me. No, as you're sitting in your chair, as I'm standing on this platform, God is with you and with me. And regardless of anything else, we can take joy in God's presence in our lives. Amen? This is why I think Jesus considered the cross with joy because he knew what was about to happen. And it was the only way. This was the only way to win war against sin. It was the only way to win the war against death and hell. But he saw victory. And suffering, you know, it wasn't fun for him. <laughs> he didn't look at his tortures in the face and, and say, thank you, you know. He, I don't know that he was enjoying that pain. But he would enjoy the victory that would come. The completion that would come the obedience that he was offering, communion with the Father. He would enjoy all of those things because of his steadfastness. And I just think he had to have been thinking about millennia after millennia after millennia of eating dinner with all of us, sharing heavenly meals together. I just have to think that was on his mind. And that brought him joy. There was so much to look forward to so much to work for, so much to stay in the fight for, so much to endure, so much to remain under, as James 1.12 would say, so much joy. But I have to tell you, sometimes I forget that. And, um, and I forget an enduring reality that I think one, I don't think God is asking or demanding us to enjoy suffering. If I can just relieve you of that. I don't think God demanded Jesus to do that. But I do think he is promising us and promising me that if I will endure faithfully, there will be joy when the completion of this task, this trial, or even this life has come. The hard part is that we rarely know when it's complete. And for some of us and for many that we love, uh, completion has meant uh, going to be with the Lord. Um, for some, joy is on the other side of disease or sickness, and um, it may have almost taken our lives. For some of us, uh, joy is persecution at our workplace or 
even in our families, because we're standing for Jesus. We're like protecting his honor. We're proud of him. And people think we've lost our minds. <laughs> like there's joy in that. The other thing I've been thinking about is we're in an ever increasing culture that believes that following biblical principles for life and godliness is evil. It's happening, y'all. You can see it. We can see it. And I'm certain that days of increased pressure upon faithful Christians is soon at hand. And guess what? There will be joy in that too. For some of us, endurance um, is needed right now. And for those of you in the room that um, you're in need of encouragement, or you're in need of strength in your season, I just want to encourage you to consider Christ and all that he has experienced so that you will not grow weary. Or as the original language in Hebrew 12, uh, Hebrews 12 would say, uh, that you might not collapse along the way to your final destination. Jesus considered relationship with you worth it. If I could, we were talking uh, uh, before when we were praying before the service and I looked at, tried to look at everyone uh, on our team and look them in the eye and it got real awkward there for a moment. So if I were able, I would look every one of you in the eye and I would tell you, it was worth it. You are worth it. You are, your life is worth it. It has value. Jesus considered victory over sin and death worth it to endure complete and utter betrayal by even his closest friends. Jesus considered obedience to the Father worth the suffering he would endure. Jesus considered false accusation, abandonment, isolation, darkness, silence, and ultimately separation from his Father worth it so that he could accomplish a fully redeemed, fully restored creation, it was worth it. I think he had at least some of these things in mind and he considered them joy compared to what he would experience, as horrific as it was. And I guess what I would like to say to us today is that if Jesus considered his suffering joy because it ultimately led to redemption and salvation, then we can consider our sufferings joy because they will produce in us completion in Christ. God has begun something in you and he's gonna finish it. He's gonna complete it. He will bring it to completion. He really will. But I know for many of us, that road to completion um, involves suffering and it involves pain and discomfort. It did for Jesus. And we can take great comfort in that. My prayer has been in the last few weeks as I've been praying for us, praying for our church and praying for these moments. Uh, and this is what the Lord ultimately has asked me to share with you is that Jesus endured his sufferings so that he might be able to joyfully abide with you in yours. He is with you. He will never leave you and he will never forsake you. And the best part is, 
it is only a shadow of the victory upon victory upon victory upon victory to come for all of eternity. Amen. Thanks for listening. We pray this message encourages you on your journey with Jesus. If you found this message helpful, feel free to share it with others and leave us a review. To learn about City Bridge and how you can take your next faithful step with Jesus, check us out online at citybridgechurch.org. You can also follow us on social at citybridgecc. See you next time.